You have arrived at your destination. Your resident cartoon junkie Brandon Jones here with a little solo episode for you on uh, Animation Destination Podcast, an animation celebration podcast. And today we're just going to talk about a little bit of news for you, uh, a little off week from the normal format and everything. Uh, so we'll be getting back to that the next week. But this week we'll be just talking about a little bit of news and my feelings on the Thundercats Roar announcement. We'll be getting to that. At the end of the episode, but first let's kick off with uh, some of the news that came out uh, this week. So one of the things that came out was uh, Phil Lord and uh, Chris Miller uh, will be going into another Sony animated feature uh, called The Mitchells vs. The Machines. It'll be a uh, robots... dystopia kind of a thing, I guess, or like the start of one, sort of a comedy, I guess, a man versus machine AI sort of thing, so, uh, yeah, so that'll be animated, um, by those guys who did the Lego movie and everything, and that's, uh, another thing, they're doing Lego movie too, so, Sony doubling down on the Phil Lord, Chris Miller, uh, train, seeing as they don't seem to have anything else that's really... Uh, a win in their column uh, in a lot of ways. Um, uh, Some more stuff that Sony's doing. Um, This is kind of surprising because Sony animation has just made the worst decisions possible, and I I, I can talk about it all the time. Uh, But they're making some decent decisions here. Um, uh, I, I don't know if this is, like, a great idea, but it's an idea that's happening, so that's okay. Um, but we've got, uh, first new, uh, Popeye content to be coming out, uh, is actually not going to be the Gendy Tartakovsky, uh, Popeye film. Uh, it'll be, um, uh, some shorts coming to YouTube. Um, basically just kind of hitting the, hitting the notes of those sorts of things. And, uh, yeah, I guess it'll be pretty much that. So, you know, hitting those same notes that uh, I imagine all Popeye things do. Uh, the the promotional image has him with a big old beefy arm. Um, you know, he's always had that, but it's it's a little more detailed, I guess. Um, so yeah, so we'll we'll see what they are, but it, it it'll be interesting. I think I think Popeye works better in shorts, uh, in in you know uh, runs of of smaller. Adventures, let's say. I don't think it's really gonna um, do as well in the in the realm of you know uh, in the realm of uh, hey, let's let's have a bunch of you know uh, let's have a big old movie and a big adventure and everything. It, it, maybe it would work, especially if Gendy did it. But ah, uh, you know they, they they they've abandoned that. So who knows what else they'll do? Anyway, I'm rambling on that. So let's move on. Uh, 
Some Netflix stuff. Uh, first look at Netflix's She-Ra, The Princess of Power. So she'll be getting a new series. I've talked about this before. I thought it was super cool. Sadly, um, the art design is not, uh, or the, the, the animation team is not uh, Studio Mir, which is what I posited it could be because I know that Studio Mir had a lot of other stuff with DreamWorks. And uh, this is not going to be one of those, but, uh, you know, that that's fine. But the promotional thing kind of has, like, She-Ra holding up her sword with a prism of light uh, saying, a hero will rise uh, in the background, which is pretty cool. Um, I like the I like the colors. Um, She-Ra looks a little simple, um, uh, but I'm not, you know, not really going to judge it on this. It's very, it's, she's silhouetted. Um, so there's not a whole lot of detail with this, but, uh, you know, I, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, Noel Stevenson, who did, uh, Lumberjanes, I'm a big, I'm a fan of Lumberjanes. I thought it was a good book. Um, and, uh, the voice cast seems to be pretty, uh, pretty dang good, pretty dang solid. So, uh, no, it's a lot of actors, like from on-screen actors and everything. I'm more of a... I'm more of a voice actor kind of a person, but uh, we'll see how these guys do. It just sometimes you just don't know what the you know the the, the wh- how good a on screen actor is going to be at doing a voice acting thing. So you know we'll we'll see what happens. I, I don't know if that'll be the that'll be the case or not, but you know but yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they'll be fine. I, I'm I'm just uh, being extra cautious. We we, we don't know what's going to happen, but uh, I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this uh, quite a bit. I always thought She-Ra kind of deserved to have uh, her own show. She doesn't have to be, you know, uh, there's a lot of lore to She-Ra herself, so she doesn't, you don't have to do a He-Man show and then do a She-Ra show. Uh, specifically, you could do a She-Ra show and then lead into He-Man, you know, like that'd be okay too. Um, they do have a shared sort of a universe, but, uh, you know, you can tell that story in different ways now since we've heard the story before. So let's do it differently. Uh, but yeah, I'm super stoked about that. We'll see what that does, uh, later on. Um, Dragon Ball reveals a new anime project. Uh, that's right. And, uh, Dragon Ball before, uh, before we're getting back into Dragon Ball Super on July 1st. Uh, we'll be getting uh, Dragon Ball Heroes, uh, which is um, basically a it's a video game, a card based video game, I think. Um, and we'll be getting Dragon Ball Super uh, episodes or a Dra- yeah, Dragon Ball episodes of Dragon Ball Heroes. So that should be pretty fun. Um, I'm always down with more of that. Now, Dragon Ball Heroes is very much a um, it's very much a fan fiction type of a deal, so it'll be probably taking place in a in a in a world where Dragon Ball is a game, and you're gonna have these characters sort of uh, interact with the characters of Dragon Ball and go on adventures, kind of based around that universe, but not actually within the canon of the of the story of Dragon Ball, because that's how the 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 game typically starts out or uh, runs through. So uh, you're you're playing as these characters who actually are inserting themselves into Dragon Ball adventures. So uh, I imagine that's what it's going to be like um, in in that regard. So uh, yeah, so it should be fine. Uh, it'll be it'll premiere uh, on July first uh, at a Dragon Ball event in uh, Ion Lake Town. So that should be pretty fun to check out. So hopefully that'll be pretty good. 
Uh, first look at Matt Groening's Netflix cartoon, Disenchantment. Uh, there is a, uh, a first look at that. Um, it looks pretty good. I uh, got some promotional art. Um, I'm, I'm super down with it, so uh, should be pretty awesome. Uh, well, I, I, you know, here's the thing. Uh, a lot of people were kind of sketchy about Futurama for a while there. Like, even for, like, the first season, they were just kind of like, eh, whatever, it's uh, you're not going to beat The Simpsons, and now... One would say that Futurama is actually more loved than The Simpsons in a lot of ways, because The Simpsons needs to die. So I don't know. Uh, it should be um, it should be fine, but it'll be based in it'll be a um, a fantasy uh, sort of setting. Um, so you got like a like a, a beer swilling princess, a little goblin character, and a little uh, little cat demon thing that sort of I guess follows them around or something. Uh, yeah, her name, uh, the, uh, let's see, yeah, Princess Bean, uh, who's accompanied by the demon Lucy and the dwarf Elfo uh, through a magical realm known as, known as Dreamland. So, yeah, that'll start August 17th on Netflix. So, should be pretty cool. Uh, we also have, first look at Lauren Faust's redesigned DC Superhero Girls. So... DC Superhero Girls has been uh, a pretty pretty successful little uh, run of little shorts, uh, little uh, little uh, shorts of uh, female superheroes, um, and uh, you know it's had some DV- straight to DVD movies. It's had some uh, animated shorts on uh, YouTube. Uh, it's been pretty successful. Uh, it's been pretty pretty uh, pretty hyped up. Um, but uh, uh, this new run is done by Lauren Faust, which is, uh, you know, the people, the, the, uh, the creator of, uh, the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, uh, you know, the phenomenon that that thing was, uh, creator of, uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, uh, lots of other things, uh, in their time, but basically, um, She'll be rebooting this sh- the show, DC Superhero Girls, with her own look, and it looks fantastic. She has that wonderful, wonderful angular style to it. Um, she really has all these characters looking different and new and cool, and uh, Supergirl and Batgirl kind of look like her super best friends forever designs, which makes sense. Uh, uh, Supergirl kind of has like a, a bad girl look on her face, which is kind of how she was. She was very much a, a bit of a prankster. Um, uh, but yeah, um, it looks really, really solid. If you're going to do children's entertainment or really any kind of thing that's going to go through, uh, her, you should, or anything that's going to go through like, like, okay, we need something for little girls, get Lauren Faust because she's going to make something that's for little girls that will also attract 30 year old men for some reason. (laughs) So, you know, it's just, uh, it's quality stuff that she puts out. So, and that's the reason things kind of happen in that, you know, that that's the reason things kind of explode when she gets her hands on it because she makes quality work, which is why Sony, of course, uh, fired her, I guess, or released her and didn't want to do her Medusa movie because they're idiots. I can't even fathom why they wouldn't want to have someone who literally created a cash cow, like DC superhero or uh, like My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, and and just not want to do that. So, uh, but the lineup is uh, Wonder Woman, uh, Diana, Wonder Woman, uh, Kara, Supergirl. Um, uh, I think it's 
Jessica Cruz is her name, the Green Lantern. Uh, yeah, Jessica Cruz, Green Lantern. Uh, Bumblebee, who seems to have kind of like a little bit of a wasp techno suit going on. Barbara Gordon as Batgirl, and I think that's Zatanna. Yeah, Zatanna with her sparkly Twilight uh, sparkle hair. So there we go. Uh, a little, little jab at that, I suppose. But this should be pretty good. I think it looks uh I think it looks way better than the current run of what DC Superhero Girls is. Uh, it's fine for little kids, but this I think will be more um more oriented towards everyone. I think it'll be good for uh good for kids and I think uh this will be a little bit better for uh adults to watch as well because that's always uh harder to accomplish, I would say. So, uh but there we go. That's it. For the news, um, why don't you listen to this ad break? Because uh, I'll just toss in an ad break, even though it's a short episode. Here's a quick little minute ad break. Go check it out. Hey guys, it's your resident cartoon junkie, Brandon Jones, here to tell you that the Animation Destination podcast could not be possible without the generous sponsorship of the Destination Comic Book Store. Sporting a wide variety of Funko Pops, statues, toys, games, and other collectibles, the Destination is your one-stop shop for all things pop culture. If you're ever in the Kentuckiana area, stop by the Destination at 5031 Shelbyville Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40207, in the Best Buy Shopping Center behind D's Crafts. I've personally been shopping at the Destination for about three years now, and, uh... It's the only comic shop that I really go to anymore. It's uh, got great lighting, great staff. It's very friendly. Um, you know, you've met the staff, pretty much the entire staff on this podcast at some point. But it's definitely the shop to go to if you're ever in the Louisville area. So once again, check them out at 5031 Shelbyville Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40207, just behind these Crafts in the Best Buy Shopping Center. And thank you again to the Destination crew for sponsoring the Animation Destination Podcast. All right, and we're back. All right, guys, uh, so here's the thing. Uh, let's talk about... <laughs> let's talk about Thundercats Roar. So, Thundercats Roar is... Um, uh, it's the new Thundercats cartoon that's coming out. Um, I, I, I can't... <sighs> okay. Everyone's kind of given this thing like a really raw deal. Um, I I think it's pretty obvious why they're giving it a raw deal. So here's the breakdown. It's a really goofy, cartoony version of Thundercats set in a comedy world. Um, I forget the name of the guy who created it. Uh, There's a little interview with him and how he talks about how Thundercats really lends itself to comedy, and uh, so he wanted to do this goofy little thing. Um, Very Teen Titans Go type of reboot for this thing. Here's the thing. If this was done in, like, little one-minute shorts, uh, you know, little, like, things that were peppered in between commercials at, uh, you know, on a Cartoon Network, um, or at part of a block of, like, Mad TV-esque parodies of things... Uh, I, I don't think this thing would have gotten a whole lot of backlash. I think it would have been like, okay, yeah, it's fine. It's a, it's a parody. It's a comedy. It's a little thing of shorts. Like, yeah, maybe this will, maybe this will drum up interest for Thundercats. Maybe get another reboot like we had in 2011, you know? Um, but the fact that this is the new cartoon, um, that's what's sort of is upsetting a lot of people. And I think it's 
perfectly okay to be upset with the look of this thing. Um, here's the reason why. I'm not one to really jam things that are, oh, here, here like, oh, I, I defended Rise of the Team and T because I said, Rise of the Team and T, I can see where people, like, artistically and decision-wise, like, there's problems there. There's things that aren't what is turtles to a lot of them. Um, but to me, that show very much feels like a TMNT show. There's nothing about it tonally that's different from the others. Maybe a little bit more comedy than than uh, than the 2011 version, but it had a lot of comedy too. So uh, artistically, I can see where people had a problem with the way the animation goes and how it's a little bit cheaper. But I was a big proponent of, hey, give it a chance. I think it looks like a, I think it looks like the property. It looks like it belongs with the other ones, even though there are things that have changed. Um, the biggest problem with this is that with Thundercats Roar is that it's not uh, part of anything. It's not. It doesn't fit into the narrative of things. Deliberately so. I'm not saying they messed that up. Because it's deliberately supposed to be a comedy. I get that. And that's fine. I think taking an idea of something and changing it up is fine. It's a fine thing to do. But when this is your replacement for a 2011 that was all but pretty unique and uh, all but unique and very uh, faithful to the original in a lot of ways... Uh, it had some new ideas thrown out there. It sort of consolidated a lot of the uh, the fantastical ends of the original series and sort of consolidated that into a shorter story and made it a redemption story as well. By the time we got to the redemption, the show was canceled because it was in this weird period of of uh, of uh, uh, marketing and um, uh, uh, shift in product, let's say. Uh, I, I say that Young Justice was probably a big a big uh, 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 victim of this as well. It was when things were sort of shifting from action figures to collectibles, uh, to Funko Pops and, uh, you know, rock candies and statues and things like that. That's a, lo a lot of the supplementary things for animation and anime has sort of flipped to that. It's no longer about action figures. Not a lot of people get action figures anymore because I don't think kids get action figures anymore. I think they just play video games. I don't know of a kid that gets an action figure anymore. I used to get them all the time, but nowadays I don't think they're a thing. And collectors don't really get them, and adults don't really get them because they don't play with the with the actiony figures with all the points of articulation. It's just not a thing. So uh, I, I think the 2011 Thundercats was in that that and Young Justice was in that time period of like the shift is going to this other thing, and they never procured uh, the the um, the, the station for uh, the collectible type of things for Thundercats or Young Justice, and thus it fell by the wayside. Um, also, Young Justice had a, uh, a procured a much larger female audience who don't really buy toys all that much, but they buy Funko Pops. So it's it's a pretty it's like a forty sixty split on Funko Pops. So if you had Funko at that time, you could have really uh, uh, supplemented the 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 show with a lot more of that sort of collectible uh stuff but that's coming back as well uh because uh Netflix uh, or because uh the the Netflix model 
the DC's trying to get off the ground. They're trying to use that to, to do that, to get their model off the ground. I don't know if that'll work very well. Um, but the interest for it was, was pretty big uh, from Netflix when they started showing on Netflix. So they, they picked it back up. So um, that's where the 2011 was kind of was. I don't think it was a bad show. Uh, it got really good ratings uh, on the first run, but of course ratings are not something that really allows you to keep doing animation, especially if it's expensive animation. And it was really good Korean-style animation, so it was, it was, it was really good stuff. So, uh, you know, you have to supplement that with toy sales, and toy sales were not good for it because they still had action figures, and that was where it was shifting over. Um, Here's the thing about Thundercats Roar and the and Teen Titans Go and things like that. See this this is this is where it becomes homogenized. Again, I'm not a big uh I'm I'm not a big pro I don't have a huge problem with Teen Titans Go. I think it's on too much uh right now, but when it first came out I was like, eh, it's whatever. It's got the same cast back in it and it's just like a comedy bit on this thing that was, you know, that was uh uh on Cartoon Network before. And it'll just be a comedy bit, um, you know. That's that, that 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 was my feelings on it when it first happened. It sort of exploded, and now that's all that Cartoon Network shows. There's this big. Th- th- this is another reason why I think Thundercats Roar had such a, a just a visceral reaction to it, because you have Teen Titans Go, which Ben's getting, which it's getting been getting panned for a lot of things. They got a movie coming out. It's successful, yes. Kids love it, but, uh, you know, people who want the old Teen Titans back or they're sick of just seeing this show on TV over and over and over and over and over and over again because they keep showing it. It's all they show. Um, uh, I think that really, really stuck with a lot of people like, hey, this isn't a very good idea. Um, but... To, to, to kind of do this to another show and just like maybe if this gets successful then they'll just ram this down our throat and we'll never see anything other than this as well. Um, it's Again, it's fine to reinvent something. I'm not saying it's a bad idea to reinvent something. It could be a huge success and maybe that'll later on spawn things for, uh, for more Thundercats down the line. But here's the bigger thing for me is that when you take something that is not initially a comedy and you strip away everything that was actually good and decent about it good um you know morally uh you know uh the the lore of thundercats has a lot of things you could modernize and make in fact they did it in the 2011 one uh in a lot of ways that's the thing is like it's you don't have to yes there's silly things in the original uh uh Thundercats. There's silly things in the original G.I. Joe. There's silly things in Transformers. But typically the fandom leans, for especially for Transformers, it leans towards the more serious aspects, the more philosophical aspects of, you know, robot living beings having, you know, faith and religion and gods and things like that. That's a thing in Transformers now. That wasn't back then, but there were little parts of those things kind of thrown out there with Primus and Unicron being, you know, God and the devil and things like that. And you take those and you modernize them to these levels of, hey, this is what this is now. Um, 
And that's what the 2011 show did beautifully. Um, and I think the only reason it didn't succeed was because of that, that shift in, in, in merchandising. You could have just brought that back. I know, I think it was actually, uh, marked down as a loss, just like Symbiotic Titan. So I don't think they can bring anything that actually is attached intellectually with that one back to air on Turner Broadcasting because they axed it that and Beware the Batman and Symbiotic Titan. I don't think they can even air those things anymore on Turner Broadcasting because they put it as a tax loss, um, which is a shame. Um, uh, yeah, here's the thing. When you take all those things and you strip that away, when you take away truth, honor, justice, loyalty, uh, you know, you take away the lore of Thundera, you take away the power set, the action-oriented storytelling, the character-oriented storytelling, like, these things weren't deep. No, they weren't deep, but they had real consequences and they had real people and real characters doing things in this fantastical setting. You know, they, they were simple moral lessons, just like in He-Man, but, and they spelled it out for you at the end of the episode, but they mattered. They mattered to children. And what's this new one going to teach anybody? W- what is this one going to teach anyone at all? Nothing. It's going to be just a bunch of meme kind of humor I don't even think it's going to poke fun at itself. That's that's the thing is I don't I don't believe for a second that this guy even watched Thundercats or cared about it. I I really don't. I think he has a very bare basics understanding of what it is. He looked at the ideas of it. He maybe watched a few episodes. He says his brothers had him watch the DVDs or whatever. I don't get the idea that he understands or has a reverence for what that was. It's not hard to understand Thundercats. It was a silly cartoon in the 80s, but there's a reverence for what it was. Uh, there's a reverence that fans have for what it was, and there was a reverence for fans have for Teen Titans and uh, that that show, and a lot of fans were very pissed off when that came in and, and sort of joked around with their thing. Uh, it's not super fair, I don't think. Um, to really just throw all of those thoughts under the under the bed, to, to throw all those thoughts away, to just say, oh, well, they're just pissed off, and they're just fanboys, and they they don't know any better, and they'll be fine, and blah blah blah. I don't think that's fair. Um, I don't think it's fair to immediately cut off people who have a reverence for a property, um, and I don't think it's very smart either uh, for a property. That is because they've now set the the YouTube thing to private. You can't even like find it on YouTube anymore. You have to literally go to articles that link to the video. That's how sour it's gotten on this thing. Um, and th- th- there's a reverence that people have for the original. And when you take that and you literally say, "I think it's really funny," this whole thing. Look how silly it is. I can make a comedy out of this. I don't think that's a very wise move because you have a lot of people who look at this thing very in a very revering manner, myself included, that learned a lot of lessons when they were kids watching this. I learned not to give up when I was watching this. I learned not to judge people by surface-level traits. I learned these things from Thundercats and He-Man and those things like that. I did learn these things. Um, my dad would talk to me about them. Like, it's not... 
you know, it's, it's silly that I learned from these cosmic cats from space and, you know, in, in a cartoon, but like, it's, it's not, it's not uncommon that you find something to revere, uh, when something's presented to you seriously. Uh, even as a kid, it's prevent, it's presented to you in a very serious manner. Yeah. It's again, it's silly, but anytime that the lesson is being told to you, they take it seriously. They're teaching you a lesson. They're telling you something. They're letting you know something uh, about the world that you haven't figured out yet because you're a dumb little kid. And it that means a lot to people. When you, when you grow up with something that literally taught you these things and then somebody comes along and literally is like, that's a really silly thing, isn't it? I'm just going to make it a big silly billy little adventure show with a, with a goofy theme song and this weird little art style that comes from CalArts. And it's just like, I don't, I don't want that. Like, who's this for? Like, <laughs> like kids don't care. Like, kids don't know Thundercats. Like kids don't know what Thundercats is, and and, and they're too young for that. And and anybody who grew up with Thundercats isn't going to want this. I don't know who this is for. I again, if it were little shorts on a uh, that, that popped up every now and then that were just like, hey, here's these little shorts of like Thundercat stuff we got to do, and then like one minute little things that pop up during commercials. I don't think anybody would be have a problem with it. This is the replacement show, though, so it, it's it's sort of a it's sort of like a a perfect storm of all this bad stuff. You have an overuse of Teen Titans Go that's now getting a movie, um, a show that's very successful but is very viscerally hated by a lot of people uh, and is going down in ratings because all they're doing is showing it over and over and over again. Um, uh, you know, and again, I don't hate Teen Titans Go that much. Um, I don't necessarily. I'm not necessarily going to hate the new uh, Thundercats Roar cartoon, but you know, I'm not really excited about seeing it at all, or even knowing much about it. The promo didn't do much for me either, and the creator, I don't think, has much reverence for the actual parody. So, you know, that's another thing. If you take something and you actually have reverence for the thing that you're parodying, you're probably going to have a good parody. Take a look at Dragon Ball Z Abridged. DBZA is a phenomenal parody because those people love Dragon Ball. <laughs> they love Dragon Ball Z. They loved it when they were kids. They love it now and they love redubbing it and turning it into something weird and kooky and goofy and com- and comedic. I don't get that feeling from this. I could be wrong, but I don't get that feeling from this team. I don't think that they grew up, well I know they didn't grow up doing it because t- everyone in that cast to everyone in that crew is too young. I, there's no way that any of them grew up watching Thundercats. Um, and if you don't have a clear reverence for something that is, you know, that, that, uh, that, that, that really, you know, did well for, for your development as a kid, I, I don't think you're going to work out the parody very well because I don't think you're going to actually get it. I've been seeing articles and everything talking about how, like, oh, these fanboys, they don't really understand how crazy and silly the original series was. Yes, we do. We do understand it. But it was presented to us not in a crazy, silly way, especially when it wanted to get serious and teach you things and teach you about inner strength and teach you about uh, not giving up when, you know, you could give up, but you don't. Uh, when it teaches you about these things, um, there's, 
when it teaches you not to lie, when it teaches you not to judge people by surface level traits, all these things I learned while watching this show, I could probably do a good parody of this show because I have reverence for it. Now, I'm not a writer, obviously. I'm not much of a writer, but, you know, it's like it like if you're going to do a parody, you need somebody that has real reverence for the material. It's why Alec Baldwin's Trump impression sucks. He doesn't have any reverence for the actual president of the United States, which is fine. You don't have to, but that's why his parody is bad. That's why Norm, Norm MacDonald called him out on it. it it's, it's just sort of a thing that if you don't have any reverence for the thing that's happening, if you didn't watch Dragon Ball Z, you couldn't make Dragon Ball Z abridged. You couldn't do it. You wouldn't have any reference, reverence or anything towards it. So... That's where I think this is coming from. I don't think it's coming from a place of of real, honest appreciation of what came before it. I, I feel like it's a bunch of people screwing around on their pads going, wouldn't it be funny if Lionel looked really silly Billy and he had a magic slicing stick and he, and he was really goofy and doofy and we did a bunch of meme comedy and we're probably going to have a lot of cat meme comedy on it too because wouldn't that be silly? I don't think any of the comedy is going to actually come from a flourished idea of the original show. They'll probably say Summo Flange at some point because one of them saw uh, Blundercats at some point on YouTube and that really hit their funny bone. So they're going to say Summo Flange at some point and that's going to be a thing. Uh, but it's going to be meme comedy. That's that's my prediction. It's not going to be anything that comes from the actual setting or the actual understanding of what the show was. And that's my major problem with this thing. I don't think it's going to have that. And the promo didn't convince me otherwise. Um, you know, so that's that's my that's my breakdown on it, man. I, I, I hope everybody appreciates, uh, you know, again, I'm not saying that it's definitely going to be terrible and there's nothing good's going to come of this. You know, like, who knows? It might be a big hit and then... Thundercats, the 2011 series, gets brought back because it's such a, a huge hit, and I'll be thanking the guy who made it if that happens. But, you know, from where I'm sitting right now, not a lot of reverence for this thing from the fans, not a lot of love coming at it because I don't think they approached it in the right way. It felt very non-genuine when they said, yeah, I watched Thundercats when I was a kid. I don't think you did. Like, I just, I don't think you did. You didn't present me with something that tells me you did. You presented me with a funny-looking lion that was making meme humor. That's it. That's not, you know, that that's just being silly, Billy. That's not, that's not actually taking anything of what you did seriously or presenting it in a comedic basis that is... Uh, a decent parody of what's there, so of the existing material. So, you know, it, it just it, Weird Al, Weird Al Yankovic, when he makes a parody of a song, he doesn't just like ah whatever. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. He mimics the parody of the genre that he's that he's making. He mimics that genre. It's the only way to make the parody work. The comedy doesn't come from just being silly and saying silly words. You have to actually be good at creating the thing. Uh, from a point of comedy and actually having, you know, uh, appreciation for what your, wh- where your source is coming from. And I don't think that this, this show has it. I don't think it's there. And I think that's the big difference between this 
and TMNT and Teen Titans Go. I think both of those shows have reverence for what was there. Uh, you have it with Teen Titans Go. You have it for the, uh, the, the the voice actors. They got all the voice actors back to do those characters again. And I think that's really what saves that show from being a complete waste. Uh, because they're all really good at delivering those lines. And they're all very good at being those characters. Um, uh, I think TMNT is very much like the other TMNT shows with some differences and some animation people might have to get used to, but I don't think that one's going to be that bad. Thundercats doesn't have either of those things. It has, you know, it it, it, it has no, none of the original voice cast. It has none of the 2011 voice cast. They could have at least gotten Will Friedel to be Lion-O, you know, if you really wanted to ask me about it. Um, it, it doesn't hold up as any sort of... Um, uh, it, it doesn't hold up as anything that is genuine. It, it's it's something that doesn't work because you're not coming at it from a place of where the source material is from. You're just being silly, Billy, Willy, uh, internet humor with Thundercats, and that's that's going to fail. That's a hundred percent not going to work, and it's going to be a trash fire. Um, and I could be wrong, but that, that that's where I that's where I stand on it, and that's why I'm not down with this. When I wasn't that uh, when I wasn't that down on Rise of the TMNT or Teen Titans Go, I'm I, I don't think this has that in mind, and that's where I stand on it, guys. That's that's my episode. I hope you hope you enjoyed me saying the same thing over and over and over again. That was not a political statement earlier, by the way. You can like Alec Baldwin's parody all you want. That's fine. I don't care. I don't think it's very good. And I think that's the reason because there's no reverence behind it. Um, parody only comes when you, you can actually understand where it comes from. Uh, and if you're just hating on something, uh, you can't parody it. It's, it, it, there's no, there's no love involved with it. It, it, it. There has to be some sort of love involved with parody. Um, or at least appreciation or respect that has to come from that point. Um, so that's my that's my two cents on Thundercats Roar. Uh, I hope you guys liked this episode. I hope it wasn't too boring for you. Uh, and you know, I guess give Thundercats Roar a check out. I don't care. Like it's again, it's fine. It it, it is what it is. It's going to be a thing for a while, or maybe not for a while. Um, I'm going to give it a look. Uh, if I don't like the first episode, I'm probably not going to tune in again because it's probably just going to be more of that same stuff. I, I don't have a lot of, uh, hope for what the comedy is going to be. Um, I think it's going to be very much the new Ghostbusters movie for me. It's just going to be a lot of flat, uninspired humor, uh, that just has the the sprinklings of something that I liked when I was a kid on top of it. I don't think it's going to actually have any kind of real pride behind what it's doing. So uh, that's it, guys, for this episode. Next week, we'll be doing FLCL, because that's coming out June 2nd. So uh, Furikuri, uh, me and Hunter are getting together. We're going to talk about Furikuri and all the awesome music and the crazy stuff that happened with that. Uh, and all the crazy stuff that's coming, maybe, uh, with uh, the June 2nd uh, premiere of Furikuri Progressive. So stay tuned for that. That's going to do it for this episode, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, and, and as for next week, stay tuned. Thank you for listening, DNN.